Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Turn down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double. You now tuned in to episode 160 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Sorry for the wait, but your man's been on vacation. Uh, me and the wife went out to uh, Napa Valley by train uh, last week, so I wasn't able to record. I, I did bring my laptop with me, but I forgot my mic, and I didn't want to have you know some raggedy ass episode up where it sound like. You know, I'm recording in a hallway out of a tin can or some shit like that. So, you know, I took a bunch of notes and things like that and was checking out the news as I was, you know, sipping some fine wine, you know, from some of the finest grapes in uh, California. So, um, yeah, so I guess I'll talk about the trip before I get started on that good old summer damn jam screen. Um, so, yeah, so for our third anniversary, wedding anniversary, um i think i told y'all at the beginning of the year i wanted to do more experiences as opposed to gifts uh with my lady i didn't want to you know buy her some some fly purse you know or some fly jewelry or some fly shoes or something like that you know i would rather you know spend that money on experiences and i just felt like you know that was my goal you know for all of 2019 was more experiences as opposed to you know uh, excuse me yeah uh, excuse me instead of uh just doing gifts and things like that um instead of you know doing actual you know physical gifts so you know uh so we traveled out there by train now that's whatever <laughs> we were in napa for um technically four days but uh technically five days but three four days so we were there uh when did we get there we left saturday so we got there monday night so tuesday wednesday well when did we get there sunday i don't know when we got there i think it was sunday we got there then we were there monday tuesday wednesday for four days and then thursday is when we had to leave to get our train so we were there um Monday through Thursday in California. Well, we got there. What, did we get there Sunday? I think we got there Sunday. And then I came back on a Sunday. So I think I left on Friday. Yeah, yeah, left on Friday. Got there on Sunday. And then we left on Thursday. And got there Saturday. We got back to Omaha Saturday because I had to work Sunday this past Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that's how I went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for full days and then partial days because we got there um, Sunday night. And I didn't know that shit shuts down in Cali at like fucking nine o'clock. Like, what the fuck is up with that, Cali? Like, the nightlife ain't shit. 
like um we got into sacramento we supposed to get to um we supposed to get to um cali we supposed to get to sacramento at um two o'clock like 2 13 something like that. that that was the time amtrak gave us but there was so much construction on the railroads and so many delays and shit like that where they couldn't go to full speed so man we didn't get there until like what seven o'clock at night something like that then we got an um we got a uber or a lyft from the train station to the airport the sacramento airport because that's where our rental car was at and then i drove from sacramento to um to napa valley and that was a beautiful drive just watching the sunset through those rolling hills of all those wineries and shit oh that was beautiful that was one of the most beautiful list things ever i don't know if that's even a word but it was and um uh, but Napa just kind of threw me off because it reminds me because in the Midwest we have a lot of these like lake towns you know where there's like a huge man-made lake and you know there's all these resorts and stuff like that that's kind of around the lake and these uh you know vacation homes and stuff that's what Napa was kind of like Napa was kind of like that it, it reminded me of like a vacation town you know what I'm saying like the locals there kind of knew that pretty much everybody there was visiting and shit like that and it threw me off um i didn't know how much homelessness was in california like we were on the lift coming uh coming to the airport like driving to the sacramento airport it was like a big beautiful home on the uh on the freeway um just off the freeway and uh they had like these uh this concrete fence or whatever they separated the sidewalk from the from the state or whatever big ass pretty house and it was just a row of tents like literally right outside this person's house on the other side of the fence on the public sidewalk it was like tent city kind of looked like skid row a little bit so i didn't know homelessness was that bad and then it was it was like that in napa too because i was just like that threw me off because i thought napa was just you know kind of like a haughty toddy you know let me drink with my pinky finger up in the air i thought it was like you know kind of one of them snob towns or whatever like that so i thought people was gonna be with the shits and i was ready i you know i was ready to be with the bullshit but man like i said it was it reminded me of a vacation town here in the midwest you know like up at like the um the lake resort up in uh south dakota up at uh lewis and clark lake or um or like okaboji like lake okaboji over in iowa and shit like that it just kind of reminded me of that of little lake towns and thing, things like that with little cafes and stuff like that and it's more geared towards tourism but uh yeah there was a bunch of people like we went to, we stopped at target to get some things that night uh when we got there then we went to in and out and so between Target and In-N-Out, the In-N-Out was in the parking lot of the Target, there was just, uh, man, it was just like four or five dudes out there with signs, you know, and then people standing in the median, you know, asking for help and things like that. And these people look like they really needed it. It wasn't like them, but these bums here in Omaha, these niggas be clean as a goddamn whistle, be standing out in the corner in a pair of Air Maxes, you know, clean from head to toe, talking about anything helps. You know what I'm saying? These people in California look like they actually needed the help. You know what I'm saying? And um, but even before that, man, just uh, whew, just riding out there. So how we did it was um, we always said because we used to live downtown, me and the wife, we used to live right by the train station. We say it'd be cool to take a train somewhere, you know, and um, 
so uh, back during what was it Father's Day when my, my wife was out of town hanging out with her people, my in-laws, and um, we were talking about taking a trip this summer and, uh, you know, or it was Mother's Day. I think it was Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day. It was, it was before Father's Day. It was before June because, yeah, yeah, it was Mother's Day when she was hanging out with her, her mom and dad. And um, her dad was telling her that um, Amtrak was running a, a BOGO special. So buy one, get one free uh, for Mother's Day. And uh, so we just jumped on it. And Negro, I did not know that it was going to be like initially if it ran on time it was going to be 40 hours from omaha to sacramento 40 hours right so i'm like fuck so we rode coach out there but we got a sleeper car on the way back so all of that so a sleeper car and the coach seats um you know so round trip so the whole thing was like just over 700 bucks so it wasn't bad at all i was like oh shit that's what's up you know but man them coach seats man so those coach seats are very similar to um like uh first class seats in uh airline you know what i'm saying so basically you know you have your assigned seats and it's pretty much well it ain't even really like assigned seats it's just like you assigned a car you know which is you know a section of the train you know how it splits off and it's connected and so yeah, and so it's pretty much you're assigned to a car and it's either upper or lower level. So we we're on the upper level and it was pretty much, you know, hey, you know, you guys just, you know, just pick two seats and then they write down where your destination is going. So ours was Sacramento. So they just wrote SAC and the number two on a little ticket and then they shoved it up above our seats, like where the overhead compartment is to put your carry ons in or whatever. And so then nobody sat across from us uh so it's like two seats you know per aisle and then there's the, the walkway there's the aisle right there and then uh there's another two seats so nobody sat across from us for like two towns and so my wife she just went over there and she slept she was knocked out like a baby me i'm a naturally suspicious person i don't trust the soul especially if i'm in a new area and shit like that so i'm just up I probably slept um, that that whole train ride out there was probably about 46 hours. So it was uh, almost two full days of uh, being on that train. Um, it was a uh, it was about 45 hours. So still almost two full days on the train. And I tell you what, man, I probably slept going out there maybe four hours. Man, like I would doze off and I'd just be right back up, just right back up, just and this and I had surgery on my jaw like what three days before so my jaw's hurting you know i'm popping ibuprofen and hydrocodone you know to try to numb the pain and shit and then you know when you sleep that's how the body heals and regenerates and your cells regenerate you know so that helps with the surgery but shit i'm just up because i don't trust the motherfucking soul because we got on the train and uh it was supposed to come i think in like 11 it was supposed to be there at 11 we were supposed to leave at 11 p.m or whatever heading west that motherfucker didn't show up to like 12 40 that sucked right and so she used to go to sleep right away and things like that then the next morning the sun coming up and shit like that so i'm just watching the sunrise in colorado right and uh because the train is going through nebraska colorado utah nevada 
and then California. So you, you get to see some beautiful views, man, like the sun rising and the sunset and the Colorado Rockies and then uh, through Utah at those Red Canyon, uh, the Red Canyons or whatever. That was dope. And then uh, the Nevada scenery, it was, uh, eh, it was all right. And um, but what was dope about so then you know i was worried about the bathroom situation and shit like that but every train car like at the bottom it has like five bathrooms and then it has like a changing room or whatever but them bathrooms are just like airplane bathrooms so it's real tiny and small in there and uh you know so that was that was a clusterfuck but um yeah so just and then they had uh they have a dining car and then they have like a little cafe below where it just serves microwave food. But the dining car was actually pretty dope. Um, you know, when you're in coach, you can't make a reservation until after the people in the sleeper car. That's kind of like first class, the sleeper car, sleeper uh, rooms or whatever, or the roomettes or whatever the fuck they call them. Those that's like first class. So they come to you and like, hey, what time do you want to go to dinner? You know, shit like that. But breakfast and lunch is like first come, first serve and uh it's just it's pretty much a full kitchen full menu and uh shit like that but the chicken sausage was banging for breakfast but it was expensive though but if you got like the dining car so on the way back we had that sleeper room so all of our meals was included but if you don't you know if you're in coach you just got to come out of pocket for it so man i remember me and the wife went to breakfast uh that next morning because we're so hyped and excited you know and it's just like Oh, let's go eat breakfast and blah blah blah. And he's like, okay, cool. And we spent like forty bucks on breakfast, and I got pancakes and a couple of chicken sausages and some orange juice. And all she got was like a, a breakfast quesadilla. Like that's just expensive. And so that following morning, um, before we arrived in um, California, we just went to the cafe and just got a couple of them Jimmy Dean microwavable sandwiches, you know, for four dollars a piece. So. Yeah, that worked a little bit better for our wallet but there's also a lookout car on the uh, on those trains so basically it has like a glass ceiling and then there's uh, the whole the whole thing is just glass like it's just a bunch of big big windows up on the ceilings on the you know on the sides and then there's a uh, you know there's uh, tables in there tables and chairs uh, kind of like a um, I would say kind of like a restaurant chair uh, and table, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, kind of like a, not like a love seat, but you know, a hard seat with a plush back. And then there's some other, some, some swivel seats, you know, so you, so, so people just hang out in there and there's, um, you know, uh, uh, charging ports there, you know, for your electronic devices. So, I mean, outlets, not charging ports, but uh, outlets there. So people are in there, you know, playing computer games that they have downloaded, watching movies, me and a wife, we were playing cards in there. And, um, but you have to get in there early because people, man, people be as soon as that sun come up, motherfuckers rushing in there. And what's crazy about being on that train is you have to get your train legs because that motherfucker be wobbling left and right. And so you just like you just have to center yourself and you like taking these, you know, these weird you look like a toddler walking through the aisles, you know, so especially if that train can get up to speed, you know, about 70 miles an hour. And you're just like, oh, shit, you know, you just wobbling. And then the, it's terrifying the very first time that you move from a car to another car. So you hit this button and it's like, and then the door slides open. And then, you know, there's like, you know, like these little, 
things to keep you from looking outside but you know you outside you in between two train cars so you hit the other door button real quick you're like like let me just hurry and get the fuck through here so this door don't close on me but there's a sensor so the door don't slam on you but it's still fucking terrifying i, I never got used to that because i'm like if something happens and i'm between these two cars i'm just a goner you know what i'm saying but anyways um so that was that you know you had to like there wasn't a, a shower or nothing like that for coach people um so you just you know had to take a whore bath so i had these fucking dude wipes or whatever to wash my pits and my balls and stuff and i just did not feel clean doing that but you know it is what it is um some folks just kept on the same damn clothes like I, me and the wife we had to change the clothes you know for the train just because we didn't want to be all scuzzy and shit like that and um yeah so that was riding out there but then fast forward we get to napa and we get to the get to our hotel and my wife was kind of tight because i chose um a cheaper hotel because i wanted us to have a dope experience like i don't give a fuck like if i travel out of town i don't give a fuck about staying at a motel eight or anything like that or a holiday inn as long as you got a free continental breakfast i am cool so we stayed at a Wyndham, which was uh right downtown in downtown napa and it was actually cool like we got there super late like i said we stopped at target and in and out because we were just hungry and we left some stuff at home that we needed to buy so it was just like all right let's just get checked in and um the hotel was actually really cool it had a little love seat um it had um what else did it have you know king size bed um and it had what was clutch it had a microwave and a refrigerator in there now y'all know that is just clutch when your 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 hotel room has that in it especially when it has that little fridge because then you're like okay cool i ain't gotta you know throw away my leftovers and shit like that if you go to a bomb restaurant or something like that or you know you can be kind of cheap and buy your breakfast foods or your lunch there and put like some little lunch meat just pack your lunch and take it and then um then let's see what else so that was dope and then they had a continental breakfast buffet and i thought it was just gonna be some bullshit but these motherfuckers had yogurt they had cereal they had um, scrambled eggs they had bacon they had sausage they had fresh fruit they had an orange juice machine cranberry juice machine apple juice like muffins danishes like it all out uh, uh, just a bunch of breakfast foods and waffles too so that was clutch so every morning we ate down there and um everybody was cool and what threw me off about uh napa was it was just so many brown folks like i ain't even talking like hispanics it was like people like i didn't know like what race they were i was just like are you like samoan like what kind of pacific islander are you like like it was just so many like it some folks look kind of like mulattoes you know like black and white but some folks look like black and hispanic some people look like black and hawaiian and he was just like yo like everybody was like just a different shade of brown like it was dope to see but i you know me i'm just like what are you like that i don't want to be ignorant but like yo what the fuck are you you know what i'm saying but uh that that really threw me off like every place we went to in the town of napa it was either you know just a bunch of brown folks working and like three or four hipster white folks uh but that was pretty much all you saw in napa like there was a there's a, a few black folks you know that was out there you know on the tourist shit but uh mainly like working out there 
it was just nothing but brown folks and i ain't even like i said i ain't talking hispanic or mexicans or nothing like that it was just others like it was just like like everybody just looked like man i don't know if y'all ever seen that time cover when they talk about this is how the race the human race will look in like 30 to 40 years or whatever and it just shows that that mulatto looking person on the cover that's how it was but like different shades like from my shade being the darkest like all the way to like blake griffin i was just like yo what the fuck is going on here but um napa was dope um the wineries was dope we checked out seven wineries in those um the three full days that we there monday tuesday wednesday um and they were fire they were fire like one uh winery that we went to was called uh v satui and that was dope uh we had a brother named uh brandon who um who was our um was our um like guide or like bartender or whatever and you know what's crazy about doing these wine tastings and I, if anybody's planning a trip out to napa don't be scared about those prices you know with the um the tastings because a lot of those wine tastings is like uh 40 to 60 dollars per person but these folks they ain't they ain't hitting you like the like we got some wineries here in the um in the state of nebraska and um a lot of those you know they'll hit you with just a you know a, just a splash like a shot of uh, wine man these folks out here in napa valley they give you like each tasting is like half a glass of wine and it's just like oh if you don't like that you know we won't count that towards your tasting you like what the fuck so you could literally try to game the system and just be like oh i didn't like that one let me try this one because a lot of those tastings are like four to five wines but like we had the brother uh brandon out at visa tui and uh, i told him i like dessert wines i like white wines and uh mainly dessert wines and he put me on to some of these wines that they had that shit tasted straight up like cognac like one was like some kind of white wine that was fused with like honey and it was just it, i swear to god it tasted like like somebody put like honey in some hennessy it tastes just like that so i had like half a glass of that and that had me just bent i was like yo like when me and the wife got done with him uh like taste testing we probably had like you supposed to have four tastings there we probably had probably about eight dealing with him <laughs> and we t we tipped him well and uh, it, and that's what's crazy too if you tip your bartender well they'll keep them drinks coming that's what's crazy that's that's that threw me off because i you know me we were like book pre-booking these um these wineries and i'm just like man like 110 dollars here 120 dollars here but you get there and you just like oh shit this is like a kickback you know what i'm saying it's like the homie pouring you drinks you know so, hey try this try this you know what i'm saying you don't like that try this you know so i don't want y'all to get scared when y'all see those prices so we hit like two of those on monday uh what was it visu tui and uh was it sterling or something like that now, I, I can't remember the other name of one, but this the the first one we went to, it, it puts you on a ski lift and you had to rise ride up to the uh, to the winery or whatever, right above the vineyard. And it just had a beautiful view of Napa Valley. Beautiful, beautiful view. And, you know, it's funny about California. Um, the uh, they were warning us about the heat. They were like, oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be hot today. It's going to be 100. And I was just like okay and uh what's crazy about cali is they didn't they didn't have they don't have the humidity 
that we have in the Midwest and in the South. Um, so it was just a dry heat. So like you had a couple of, you know, beads of sweat on your head, but you like, shit, I can truck through this because it, you know, here in Nebraska during July and August and even early September, it's just like that humidity level be so high. It could be just like 85 degrees, but the humidity is way up there. So as soon as you step outside, it's like you got on a damn sweatsuit, you know, literally a suit made out of sweat. And so that was funny. They was like warning us at the wineries like, oh, you know, be careful and drink plenty of water and blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, this ain't no heat. Like it ain't because I feel like, uh, you know, a white Midwestern, like it ain't the heat that'll kill you. It's the humidity that gets you every time, you know. <laughs> but uh, Cali people are nice. Like I was worried about the traffic because we were driving everywhere except for the second day we took a, a trolley we took a wine trolley that uh drove us around to like four wineries oh man that napa valley wine trolley it was dope it was legit the dude was driving like a bat out of hell i tell you that right now like it'd be times where he just pull out in front of a vehicle just fuck it like they gonna hit us they gonna hit us because we sitting me and the wife sitting in the back we like all right, if we get hit, I'm falling out and I'm becoming Ezel. My neck, my back, my neck and my back, you know. And um, but it it was dope. It was dope. The trolley was dope because uh, you know, he gave a history of uh, Napa and he was talking about um how a lot of the wineries are kind of worried now with the legalization of marijuana, you know, throughout the state of uh California, they're worried that you know that's gonna take away business from uh napa valley so i'm just like hmm. oh well so i think it'll probably get to the point in the next you know probably five years four or five years you'll probably have dispensaries like actually doing like you know quote unquote like not taste testing but you know like sampling you know different strains and shit like that but they was talking about that's a big thing that a lot of these wineries are uh, worried about and um yeah so um we went to four wineries that day we went to two then we had lunch which was oh man like they was getting us lit like at the end of the day i was just like yo i don't want to see another bottle of wine like by the by the third winery you just like yo y'all y'all giving us too much of these tastings like like i said a tasting is like half a glass you just like yo you done gave me like six glasses of wine like i'm cool like please stop but they come back around like did you like that one you're like yeah it's all right and then they're like oh okay so you didn't really like them like, we'll try this one you like fuck like you just wine drunk but i'm glad they fed us they on that one on that uh, wine trolley they, they had a pretty fire lunch like it was um sandwiches but it was like gourmet sandwiches which was pretty cool like they had like an eggplant sandwich but i did like a uh what was it like a salami it was like an italian sandwich it was like salami pepperoni and some other shit had some fire ass cookies and then it had a, a pretty good potato salad but it was like one of them gourmet potato salads where it's like red potatoes and you know like a little bit of like mustard and shit like that with a whole bunch of like italian seasoning and shit like that it ain't like the hood potato salad or the regular potato salad i should say but it was still pretty good and then um the last day last full day we went to arteza winery and that's the winery that you see on that netflix movie wine country with uh who's that amy poehler 
I think that's her her name. The the women who used to be on Saturday Night Live and that Arteza winery. That shit was fly. So that art so that winery was built inside of a mountain. So they blew a hole in a mountain and they built the structure inside of the mountain. That was just fucking dope. And it and it has like these it looks like infinity pools outside and like these waterfalls and stuff and that was one of the flyest places I've been to in a long time and I really appreciated that that one was kind of pricey but uh like i said i think it was like what 55 dollars a person for the tasting but it came with a charcuterie board so that was cool and the guy that we had he was real thorough and shit like that and it was healthy pours of wine too like i said like it was like half a cup but uh the view wasn't that dope because uh the view is amazing from the front of the building but where they have you doing the tasting at on the side it's just like it's like a fucking access road bro like you see a couple of wineries and a couple of the hills but it wasn't nothing like i think that sterling venue i think that's what the first one we went to which had the amazing view but um let's see what else then on the way back so we got a sleeper car on the way back to omaha and uh that was amazing because it's your own private room and you have the two seats facing each other so like i'm facing my wife and then you have a uh, a big window and you have a privacy curtain you know where you can pull the curtain back and close it and then uh the ceiling lets down into like a bunk bed type thing so i slept in the top bunk and then the two seats facing each other folded out to make a, another mattress or whatever and like i said all of our meals were included so lunch uh so breakfast lunch and dinner and then at dinner time they actually came to you and was like what time would you like to eat dinner you know we got these times available so that was dope where you just go and you just um, you know sit down and what's crazy about eating on the train for breakfast lunch and dinner they sit you with people that you don't even know so you so i think one i think one of our breakfasts uh we sat across from each other and nobody else sat with us that was dope but every other one every other meal we had on the train we had to sit with somebody um and then i think my wife was feeling anti-social she i think i'm running rubbing off on her too much because uh uh for lunch when we had the sleeper car they can bring the food to you so it's just like you know i just don't feel like dealing with no fucking body and it had a fold-out table in there so it was comfortable eating in there anyways uh but that's funny and we met some interesting people like on our way out there we met a couple from virginia and the woman the wife she was just everything come out of her mouth i know i know and then when she would eat she would just be humming to herself she'd be like mm, 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 mm. that's all she kept on saying mm, 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 mm. after every single morsel that hit her tongue it was just mm, 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 mm. and then uh let's see what else the uh her husband he will he will, he likes to go to train conventions they don't like to fly so they get the train everywhere so they go to like these different train conventions this one was in reno so they were getting the train out to reno nevada and uh he was telling me and the wife that he used to judge rabbits and uh my wife was like how do you judge a rabbit he was like same way you judge a woman you know you judge her by judge them by their curves uh how soft they are <laughs> and how they look and i was just like i was like i was like yo you serious <laughs> and he was like yeah he was like because i thought 
he judged rabbits like like game you know what i'm saying like hunting and shit like that you know like act, people actually like judge you know like uh you know putting bucks like a five point buck and shit like that you know deer and things like that but this motherfucker used to sit up and judge rabbits i was just like that's crazy and then uh who else did we meet we met a um met a couple from fiji that was pretty dope. The man and the woman were both from Fiji. They were a little bit older than us. They were probably in their mid 50s, so they was a lot older than us. And um, they were they told us their life story, and uh, they they were very pleasant. They were talking about how Fiji is pretty similar to Hawaii and stuff like that. And when I told him who I work for and what I deliver, he was like, "Oh man, I love your guys' stuff." You know, he was just going off and things like that. And uh, let's see who else. Then we met a father and son. Uh, they were going out. This is when we're heading back east, heading back to Omaha. They were going actually out to Chicago because the train runs from Sacramento to Chicago. And they're going to get off in Chicago, spend a day there, and then they're heading to Washington, D.C. to uh, visit a lot of the museums and stuff like that because his son is heading into his uh, senior year of high school and he kind of don't know what he wants to do. And so his dad was just taking him on this trip to kind of, you know, trying to clear his mind and, you know, help him regain focus uh, into his senior high school year. And then uh, I met a couple from let's see here uh there was a couple from sacramento i met them uh they were okay um they really weren't talking about shit though uh we just talked about like football like college football and shit like that um nothing too crazy and then oh and then we met a couple from uh uh south carolina i believe one of the carolinas i think it was south carolina Uh, yeah i think that's what it was um wherever cape fear is at so i don't know where that's at out there on the east coast or whatever and um they were cool um they really weren't talking about shit and um let's see what else happened on that train oh man so okay so in the sleeper car so in the one that we had it was just the room it was just the, the sleeper room it's called a roomette but then you have these deluxe rooms where they had like a sink a shower and a toilet inside of it. it's like a little apartment right and um so you have an attendant who's assigned to your car right so your train car so she comes around checks on you she changes your your, you know your linens and stuff for your sleepers and shit like that and she actually makes your bed she actually folds them out for you at like nine o'clock or whatever because that's when on the train they have this thing called quiet time it's like from nine to seven in the morning so basically you can't make no phone calls you can't really be talking and shit like that if you have to take a phone call you have to go into the um observation uh trains which is the one with the glass uh ceiling and the uh, walls and shit like that to you know talk on the phone and things like that or watch a movie and um and so we had this attendant so we had this sister you know she was doing her thing and everything so what was it the one morning i put this on my instagram my personal instagram at omaha hostage and uh man so i, I was like man let me go so i took a shit you know so the bathrooms there are nicer just so there's only four bathrooms but there's a shower and then there's a changing room down there and so the, all the bathrooms had like lysol wipes um you know toilet paper uh, seat covers um you know for breeze and stuff like that so in the morning so i was like all right i'm gonna take a shit i'm gonna brush my teeth and i'm gonna go shower right so i uh, i shit brush my teeth 
walk over to the showers, right? So this is on the same floor. And so I'm in the shower, you know, washing my balls, you know, my armpits, you know, just going through the whole motion, scrubbing and doing my thing. Turn off the shower, dry off, you know, there's a big full-blown mirror there. So I'm standing in there and then I'm putting my deodorant on, butt-ass naked. And uh, and I'm thinking the door is locked because it clicked over and it said locked on, on my side or whatever, right? Man, tell me why I'm just putting deodorant on, butt ass naked, standing there. The attendant, she just opens the door. She's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And then she just leaves the door open. I'm like, word. And then I close it. And she's like, you didn't lock the door. I was like, I thought it was locked. The lock don't work. So then uh, me and the, <laughs> so she just got a just an eye full of dick and balls, ass, nipples. You know what I'm saying? My neck, <laughs> you know <laughs> I just like I wasn't embarrassed at all. I'm just like she didn't seen a dick and balls before. Like it, it ain't nothing new. I'm just like whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't embarrassed how I look naked. So I'm just like what the fuck ever. I'm like damn, you couldn't close the door. Like you just gonna leave it wide open. And like we had kids on our car, you know, on the bottom floor. So I was worried about a kid just seeing my shit swinging. You know what I'm saying? So I heard him close the door. And then she's like, you didn't lock it. I'm like the lock. I guess the lock don't work you know or whatever like that and she's like i'm so sorry and blah 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 i wasn't even tripping about that shit i'm like whatever i'm just glad I didn't know kids see me butt ass naked you know what i'm saying but um yeah so that happened but um yeah and then we got back to omaha and you know it was same old same old you know what i'm saying but it was beautiful views though all throughout that trip and i would do it again i would definitely do it again but i tell you what i would not do that long of a ride like if i did that long of a ride i would do another sleeper car but we would definitely have to fly back because that was just too much because you literally spent we spent what 90 hours on a train you know how crazy that is that is just bananas like it it takes you almost two days to get out there by train just due to the construction and shit like that because even if it's running perfectly it's still like 40 hours and some change you know what i'm saying like 40 hours and like 13 minutes or some shit like that but man with the delays and stuff it added like four to five hours and it's just like yo this was almost 90 this was 90 hours that we had on here we only had three days in napa but like the wife was saying if we were to come back to napa or come back to the area like sacramento or san fran um or out to the bay or whatever we would do like one day at napa and then explore sacramento and san francisco because sacramento looked dope and then uh san francisco we didn't get a chance to check that out though or whatever but you know cali was dope nothing but love and you know what was dope about cali what i loved a lot about it and i know i've been speaking for 40 minutes about this goddamn trip but it's whatever um you know i didn't see one blue lives matter sticker i didn't see a maga hat i didn't see a trump sticker on a car you know i didn't see um any kind of you know uh right-wing extremist propaganda or shit like that y'all didn't see any cars with the stars and bars you know on it because here in nebraska like i said omaha is pretty pretty liberal omaha lincoln most major cities in countries are like that just because it's such a huge mix of people 
but you know you always see a goddamn that goddamn flag black and white flag with that blue bar on it you always see a goddamn uh, trump 2016 sticker or trump 2020 sticker it's just it was so nice and uh, my wife made a good point she said you know some of those people are probably out here but they just scared to admit it you know probably out here visiting and stuff like that but you know i i didn't see not one red hat you know not one sticker you know on the car and i appreciate that about cali because it was a cool ass trip it really was but let's get started on that good old summer damn jam screen oh man i didn't know i been talking this damn long about the napa trip but anyways let's talk about um man it was about almost 40 minutes but anyways let's talk about the um iowa department of human services uh director jerry foxhoven um you know he was asked to resign by um the governor kim reynolds last month uh, this was back in june so many believed it was due to his love for the late great rapper tupac shakur uh, you know, he was sending agency-wide emails with Pac lyrics, and he had an image of the uh, California Love MC, and he also had Tupac Fridays in his office where he would play some Thug Life music. Now, um, the governor, of course, she said it wasn't due to that, due to his love of Tupac. Uh, he'd done that years before. It was just the Republican governor was trying to move in a new direction, uh, but I think that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, I think uh, you see a lot um, who we have in the White House right now, the Cheeto in chief. Um, so you see a lot of governors um, trying to basically have more conservatives in uh, high ranking of and in, in, uh, high ranking positions within the state. So you kind of see that going on from top to bottom um in a lot of different states going on right here but i just thought it was funny that you have this 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 uh caucasian man in his 60s who just loves tupac and loves his lyrics and things like that i think that's just kind of cool you know as far as you know the love of hip-hop and things like that and the culture always being pushed forward um so you know definitely he'll probably bounce back and find a different job i mean he got the complexion for the protection for the connection so he'd be all right or i should just say the complexion for the connection you know um and then uh did y'all see a few days ago adidas uh dropped um some arizona sneakers like the tea company uh, which was crazy and then so they had like a pop-up shop in new york city and they were trying to sell those uh kicks for 99 cents and you know the nypd came through and just shut that down quickly because um just because of how uh crowded it was and shit like that and uh you know they really weren't prepared for that kind of event um and i just thought that was amazing that uh adidas would do something like that and it's the color of that those tea cans you know what i'm saying that uh that teal with them uh that kind of teal green color with the pink flowers and shit like that so they tried to sell that off for uh 99 cent but once the nypd shut that down them damn kicks is now reselling for uh you know over 200 bucks right now so it was uh yeah i thought it was kind of dope for them to do that idea y'all know i'm a sneakerhead up and down um but man some 99 cent sneakers you can't beat that shit like it even has the like on the tongue of each uh pair of the um adidas it's on the um the continental 80 and the young ones uh they uh 
it's that green tea ginseng design and uh it actually has like the little 99 cent tag on the um on the tongue of the sneaker and you know what's crazy um i've been seeing uh people posting pictures there's been different spots like little hood look liquor stores you know ran by them uh, them arabs uh the middle eastern cats and they be trying to you know charge folks like two and three dollars for them cans of arizona even though it'd be saying 99 cents on the can and you can go to walgreens and get them bitches two for a dollar you know what i'm saying i just think that's some corrupt shit because it's already expensive to be poor and i've explain that many a times on the podcast because if you're poor you know every everybody in a mama just tries to be um you know very predatory towards you um in situations you know like even just cashing your check they'll charge you two three percent just to cash your check at a check cashing place or if you have one of them if you can't qualify for like a free checking account um they'll set you up with like some kind of prepaid visa mastercard type thing and it charges you like four dollars a month to have the account and then every transaction they they might charge you a quarter or a dime or some shit like that just to use it as debit so you're supposed to use it as credit and then if you go to an atm they'll charge you um you know like a two dollar fee and then the atm charges you another three dollar fee so it's just chipping away at your money right then and there right so it's just uh poor people get nickel and dime to death so um it's just very predatory when uh, a lot of spots in the hood do that especially if you have them spots you know if you have like one of them visas or mastercards you know that you have your um paycheck loaded on to a lot of these uh bullshit ass hood spots to tell you oh well you have to at least buy five dollars worth of stuff to uh use your you know to use your card your debit card with us and it, and that's just fucking illegal like if i want to buy you know a 99 cent bag of hot cheetos with my visa i should be able to do that and that's fucking illegal and you should report those organizations those companies and things like that because they don't want to be paying that um transaction fee because every every company visa mastercard american express discover they all charge a a fee to uh retailers once that card is swiped that's how really how they make their money how they make the majority of their money believe it or not and with us moving into a a, a digital currency you know everybody and their mama don't even keep cash on them right now me myself i catch myself slipping sometimes normally i keep a couple 20s on me but lately i just been you know been swiping my debit card and that's just very dangerous you know what i'm saying just always swiping your card next thing you know you're like damn i done blew you know 300 bucks in two days on just little micro transactions of bullshit you know what i'm saying like a shirt here you know dinner here and you know just bullshitting and you know buying breakfast lunch and dinner out on the weekend you know what i'm saying but um it is what it is i don't know how i went on a rant about being poor and how expensive it is but you know arizona tea and you know them fucking liquor stores charging people an arm and a leg let's see what else um we got on that good old summer damn jam screen i'm trying to blow through this because i didn't know i was talking that goddamn long about the trip in napa but i had a great fucking time um but yeah like i was saying um all right here we go so we're gonna talk about west palm beach so um west palm beach um they are this is disgusting to me um we've seen this with uh you know homeless uh spikes and things like that so west palm beach decided we're gonna play baby shark on a loop to uh, drive the homeless people away and that's what threw me off about napa um that's why i pulled up this story and talk about it because in uh 
you know, in California, it's just a lot of homelessness. And I don't know if I talked about it earlier when I was ranting, but that was, like I say, about 40 minutes ago, 45 minutes ago. Um, but when we got the train took us to Sacramento and then we took a lift um, to the uh, Sacramento airport because we had to hit the Avis there to get our rental car because um, it was cheaper. Somehow it was cheaper at the airport than it was picking it up actually in Napa or some shit like that because uh, we got a pretty good deal we had a, a 2019 Toyota 4Runner and that, that was pretty clean it was a very narrow vehicle but it sat high and it had a lot of room in in the back but it was a pretty clean vehicle though but the goddamn it was an automatic but the way that you shift you know from you know park to reverse to neutral to drive and then it had like a gas saver mode. It felt like a stick shift. You know, you just had to move the stick in different directions and shit. I was like, what the fuck is this? I feel like fucking Vin Diesel in the Fast and the Furious. But anyways, um, so when we're on, when we were in the lift, driving to the sacred from the train station to the airport in the lift, there's this big beautiful home outside the freeway, and they had like a stone. Um, divider that was kind of like a fence you know where a public sidewalk was at but it was this big beautiful mansion and outside it was just a row of tents like just a row of tents it was pretty much like a tent city out there and then when we got to Napa it threw me off because we went to Target first and there was a bunch of homeless people outside of the, Na uh, the Napa Valley Target which was right in the downtown area and this is pretty much you know um you know where there was a lot of businesses and um you know where the napa valley uh wine trolley was at and the wine train was at you know it was a huge tourist thing but it was just so much homelessness out there so that's what made me pull up this story so officials in west palm beach they want to keep homeless people from laying around the lakes pavilion by playing baby shark on the loop over and over um and i just i don't know man it's just fucked up you know it's one of those things where um you know officials in these cities they don't want to help the homeless you know and uh, get these people housing and job opportunities and things of that sort it's just oh let's just drive them somewhere else it's just creating a worse problem you know what i'm saying by you already you know if you're homeless you you probably ain't working majority you might not be working you might be battling mental illness or a physical ailment and it's in you outside sleeping in clothes that you've been you know had on for days or weeks at a time you know what i'm saying you're already begging for money and shit like that and then you think you found a cool spot to kind of sleep at this you know that you ain't got to worry about somebody else being homeless you know coming and try to steal your, your belongings or some drunk ass frat boys running up on you pouring some old beer on you or pissing on you or some shit like that because they do do demonic shit like that but now officials are looping this fucking song up and it's just it just makes you you know more irritated and uh believing less in humanity if that makes sense um but they're talking about this pavilion in west palm beach um you know it makes about two hundred and forty thousand dollars a year because they host like events and weddings and things like that and a lot of homeless folks be sleeping up under there but it's just fucked up it's really fucked up and then you see um like in san francisco they're about to build a new um homeless shelter but it's like in the uh chinatown like you know the asian part of the city and these people are like protesting that because they don't want a homeless shelter there in their area and shit like that and it's just like 
it's better than them just being out on the streets you know what i'm saying and I mean, we got a few homeless shelters here in uh, Omaha, and it's it's not bad. It's not bad. Like it's in the north downtown area, like the Francis House and things like that, and it it ain't bad at all. Like it's just you know people just going there, just showering, you know, cleaning up and sleeping for the night, and it's there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just very demonic when you see um like public officials are just like oh let's just play this annoying song or let's put some homeless spikes up or let's have some robots out here you know roaming around and you know citing the homeless and shit like that telling them they can't sleep on these benches and you know how many abandoned homes there are across the united states just sitting empty there's so many abandoned homes and we could solve homelessness at the drop of a dime you know what I'm saying? We could we could implement a new social program, you know what I'm saying, where they work to keep their housing and things like that. But nope, we don't want to do that. We just want to be fucking evil. It's just very disgusting. Just so fucking disgusting. And um, yeah, like I said, it surprised me, though, being out there in Napa and just, you know, I knew about Skid Row was that down there in L.A. and things like that. But I didn't expect it to see it in such a you know it's like a like i said uh, napa valley is just like a it's like a vacation town you know what i'm saying i didn't know you're gonna see so many homeless folks out there um doing bad but the weather's nice out there so i mean that that's only plus that's like when uh when we went on our honeymoon out in hawaii um there was like a little pavilion area on the beach and um we walked there at night we just walked it at night just to see what the nightlife was like in hawaii um because you like what four hours back from central time you know from the central time zone so shit you outside it you know uh shit you know you outside it you know you think it's it's 10 o'clock you know what i'm saying your body's thinking it's like 10 p.m you know what i'm saying but you four hours back it's only 6 p.m you know what i'm saying so we was just out there and just like oh it's only this time and you know what i'm saying we'd be up at fucking five five in the morning ready to go because it's really like nine o'clock back in omaha you know our bodies are still on central time but you know we checked out we wanted to check out the nightlife and things like that and it was just uh just a bunch of homeless folks just chilling you know along waikiki beach and um yeah you just like but what was puzzling to me is like how did they get out here you know what i'm saying it's just like how the hell did you get all the way out here like did you take a you know did you fly out here and then something didn't work out or you know you just wanted to be a beach bum it's just it's just kind of puzzling like you can see it you know on the mainland so to speak you know with you know all the states connected and some people just you know hitchhike and you know think they're gonna find a better opportunity or it could just be some fucked up circumstances just with the situation that you was born into or you could be battling mental illness uh but it was just puzzling it was just like you know how are all these these homeless folks out here in hawaii you know it's just like this is just a, a group of islands just pretty much smack dab in the middle you know between you know the u.s and uh japan you know what i'm saying it's just like yo like how did you i don't know just it was different i should have asked them people their stories but they were all so nice um the homeless folks were you know nobody was out there begging for money in hawaii i remember they were just kind of like I think one family was kind of embarrassed of being homeless, like me and the wife was walking and wanted to check out the pavilion, and, you know, they had their little setup, and they're like, oh, so sorry, and it was just like, no, don't worry about it, we're just out here visiting and just want to see what this pavilion looked like, and some folks were, some of them homeless folks was out there fishing, you know what I'm saying, just trying to catch a meal, and, you know, some folks 
had some fires started and you know the police were real chill about it they weren't kicking them people off the beach or anything like that so that was that was dope to see but like i said america could really be a utopia if we wanted it to be but you know capitalism rules over you know your fellow man but i'm gonna have to cut this short i had a few more stories to talk about but i ran it so goddamn long on that good old summer damn jam screen i'm gonna have to leave it to my nigga hove hove what you gotta say don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen i smoke rocks i smoke rocks all right thank you so much tyrone biggums for that lovely intro of selling hope like dope i know i was out in cali um i did not bring you back some of that bomb diggity um that old school ass cory booker term <laughs> i didn't bring you back any greenery um but i do got that five dollars by the back basement door so if you grab that and get the fuck on out tyrone i appreciate that all right so moving on to selling hope like dope uh we have to give it to the phoenix police union uh this happened in late july uh, about the middle of july i'm sorry not late july about the middle of july uh the phoenix police union came out um and we're talking about they're about to hire a service that will um scrub the uh police officers um internet history like their facebook pages twitter accounts uh linkedin and all this other shit and uh they and this is all backlash from the study uh that i talked about in last episode or the episode for last uh where they were talking about where um there was an investigation done on, on racist uh facebook posts and sexist facebook posts and social media posts by police officers of different across um different um police um stations um or precincts across the u.s all right so buzzfeed presented it and there was another uh it was a cop watch group that actually did the investigation and they found just numerous numerous racist posts and um so the phoenix police union is just like oh shit we got to get ahead of this so they're trying to sell it as regular everyday folks are harassing these police officers and their families which is some bullshit and the uh, phoenix law enforcement association president michael Britt london said uh the need for this service is to prevent the ongoing and frequent harassment of officers and their loved ones harassment that is happening daily and that puts officers and their families at risk which is some bullshit that is some straight up bullshit um this happens when there's um a police killing this happens um very frequently you'll see um they'll name the victim right away the media will um but they won't name the officers involved they'll say there's an, an officer involved shooting of john doe they'll you know they'll say the actual person's name they'll bring up the if it's a black man they will bring up this brother's uh, criminal history if he has one if he doesn't have one they'll bring up his school history and say that this brother could be 48 years old and got his brains blown out in a traffic stop wrongfully but uh this brother could be clean as a whistle and they'd be like oh this man got an f on his spanish uh test back in the ninth grade 
So they will bring up anything to criminalize this man. So to click in suspected white supremacist minds that, oh, he deserved to die. Right. So this is what the media does. But they don't give you the name of the officers in, involved in the shooting because you can go and find that person on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever, and see all of the anti-black statements that they make. Most of these uh, officers who are involved in these shootings, they'll have something negative about Colin Kaepernick not standing for the flag. They'll have some bullshit about I stand for the I stand for the flag and I kneel at the cross. They'll have some um, some uh, some anti anti-muslim propaganda up there they'll have some anti-jewish propaganda up on their facebook page or they'll like and share something uh super racist uh from somebody from the alt-right um and things like that so and that's why i commend people like um the brother Tariq nasheed who's always exposing these people off rip just off rip he'll you know do some investigating and find their um facebook pages and release their names and uh right away release it right away and you'll go to that profile and uh and so um a lot of times uh you know he'll screenshot it and things like that and uh and you try to go find that officer's uh, facebook page and it's already taken down you know what i'm saying if he breaks it or somebody online or like sean king to break it or something like that who's the officer involved in the shooting and then they find you know all the racist facebook posts and things like that or the super or they try to call it like ultra conservative views and things like that um they'll they'll uh, delete all that and then they'll have that uh officer's family members uh private privatize their account like if it's just you know friends of friends could see the account but then it's just locked down just all together until the smoke clears so the phoenix police union is just basically trying to get ahead of that and pretty much hire a service that's going to go through all of the current uh police officers that they have and just scrub you know all of their facebook squeaky clean and they're trying to sell it under the guise of harassment from local people which is some bullshit but you see how they phrase that but this is nothing but just to try to um this is not solving the problem of dealing with um racist ass police officers uh, uh you know well i should say race soldiers you know posing as police officers you know this is a very big problem you see it all the time and you see it with uh black officers too um i remember there's a brother i talked about this before that i grew up with you know he went to the military and he did his police thing and when um the whole uh, ferguson thing was starting off um and even before that with the trayvon martin thing you know he was on the side of law enforcement you know his black ass thought that you know he had a blue life you know what i'm saying but now now he's seeing you know years later now he's seeing you know how shit is really played out and there's no there's no safety net you know for a black officer of the law there ain't there ain't no blue wall of protection you know there's no brotherhood for them at all um but you know this is a situation where um we've seen this happen far too many times and this ain't doing nothing this ain't even putting a band-aid on the problem this is on the on the wound or whatever this is this is essentially just you know just trying to have some uh, wolves and sheep clothing out here that's pretty much all that you're seeing with this and that's why i have it in the selling hope like dope because you're going to see police unions across 
the United States do this and start having these officers, you know, either if they want to, you know, get out their racist beliefs, create a dummy account, um, create a Finsta, which is a fake Instagram and things like that. And they'll have that service, you know, scrub, you know, their um, their uh, regular accounts for racist posts, sexist posts, um, uh, uh, anti-Semitic posts and anti-Muslim posts, xenophobic posts and things of that sorts. And you know how these guys get into law enforcement. Uh, a lot of them, you know, are a part of that invisible empire. A lot of them are failed athletes uh, or just losers in their hometowns. And they just want to feel like somebody, feel like a big man. They've been a punk bitch they whole life growing up. They were some little sissies. And, you know, and now they got a badge and a gun and they think they can do some shit. But it, it is, I mean, legally, if you have that badge and that gun and you have the uh, complexion for the protection, for the connection, you can legally be out here killing non-white folks left and right. Uh, more, more, more specifically, black men. You know what I'm saying? So it makes them feel like they big and bad and all this other shit. Walking around some fucking douchebag Oakley shades on so you can't look at the fear in their eyes. That's why they wear them a lot. It ain't for the sun. It's because they fucking scared to death. Even though they got that badge, a vest, a gun, some mace, a taser, and a baton. They scared of your black ass. You know what I'm saying? It could be a, a group of fucking 12-year-olds and they scared to death. You know what I'm saying? That's why they had them goddamn sh them shades on, even on the inside, so you can't see the fear in their eyes. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you can juice up, pump iron all you want, but, I mean, still deep inside, you know, a lot of these race soldiers are just pump bitches inside. You know, they just, just very soft, very soft. And I've seen many situations where I grew up uh, being around the Av and shit, you know, a lot of them G-Unit members thought that they was with the shits, and there's been a few times where um, some of them ad folks was like, you take that badge off and I'll beat the fuck out you, you know, shoot the fair one. And I've seen a few cops get a few, not cops, but the G unit, you know, the gang unit. I've seen a few of them try to shoot the fair one with a, with a, with a, uh, with a crip and get their ass whooped. So, I mean, it is what it is. But, I mean, we're going to see this trend just go all the way through. So we continuously need these cop watch groups. And, um, and I'm surprised... Well, I'm not surprised um, because the, the system of waste, racism, white supremacy, it controls everything. I was about to say, how come, um, you know, law enforcement hasn't, uh, uh, you know, stepped up. I mean, not law enforcement, but, you know, um, our politicians stepped up to do something about this. But, you know, they are all bought and paid for. But that's been selling hope like damn dope. This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right. So moving on to holding this L easily, we have to give it to uh, Equifax and Capital One. As we've seen in these uh, the last week of July, both of them have been hit by data breaches. Um, Equifax actually got hit with a huge fine from the uh, FCC or is it the FTC? Um, one of them, I think the Federal Trade Commission uh, hit them with uh, hard fines and uh, they have a database set up which I'll have in the uh, in the show notes where you can uh, either get free credit monitoring from all three agencies like for the next, I don't know, three years or something like that or they'll just cut you a check for 125 dollars either cut you a check or send you like a visa uh, gift card for 125 dollars 
and uh, so you put your name and your birth date in there and the uh, last six of your social or whatever um, and that was kind of fishy to me but I still did it anyway and lo and behold me and my wife were on that list right and uh, so you know what I opted for that good old $125 and I'll tell you why um, as far as uh, monitoring my credit I already have credit karma uh, that's uh, your TransUnion and your Equifax. And then I have um, the Experian app, which y'all should have too. And that monitors my credit uh, report and everything like that. And then all of my credit cards, my uh, Capital One and my American Express credit cards, they all got like fraud detection on it and everything like that. So they'll alert me if anything happens like that. And everything else has two-step verification if somebody tries to log in or something of that extent. Um, so that's why I didn't opt for the whole monitoring my credit report. I'm like, I already got you know two apps that do that and then all my credit cards are protected and so is my bank accounts they're protected too um so you know if you guys you know going at and i don't know what's going on with capital one i'm still doing a little bit of research but they said with their data breach it was just one woman who used to work for like a amazon server or something like that uh that stored uh capital one uh stuff and uh, they said that uh, none, she didn't get access to people's social security cards or something like, or social security numbers and a birthday date. She didn't really get vital information. Like she hacked into it through a faulty um, firewall or something like that that wasn't set up correctly. And um, so I don't think they about to be cutting checks, but they about to get hit with a huge fine also. So. Um, you know and hold this L you know we usually talk about people taking huge losses and things like that and it, it makes you think um, before I move forward it makes you think like how safe is your information with these companies because they're using these cloud-based uh, servers you know that you know goes up to this huge server and all this information is there and people are easily hacking into it I mean how many times have we heard about huge data breaches with your personal information you know what I'm saying? Lucky for me, I'm an average ass American. Me and the wife are average as fuck. Our credit our credit scores are average, so ain't nobody really checking for us and trying to open up some crazy accounts. So, you know, I'm lucky that my credit score ain't in the late 700s or the, you know the early 800s. Would you, would even be worse, you know, because you fuck around somebody, you know, drive off in a goddamn Range Rover in your name. You know what I'm saying? So, luckily, my shit is average for now. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it just makes you just weary of, you know, fucking with these companies. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like Equifax, you know, they should have just went ahead and just bumped up everybody's credit score by 100 points. Just went ahead and just, boop, my bad. You know what I'm saying? Instead of cutting that check, just go ahead and bump up my credit score. But now I sound like one of them stereotypical uh, fake smart Negroes on Twitter when they always talking about, would you rather have a million dollars in cash or an 850 credit score and an interview with Jay-Z? Well, I'll take the 850 credit score and I'll have the interview with Jay-Z. And it's just like, no, give me the fucking cold, hard million dollars. And then, you know, because my, my debt, my debt ratio, you know, my debt to income ratio is pretty small. So I could, you know, you know, pay off my debt easily and my wife's student loans with that million dollars. And I still have damn near a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? And I could flip that into a business and I'm doing my own thing. You know what I'm saying? I could automatically you know get my credit score up to you know the 850s or whatever what is it, 825 or 850 something like that 
um, you know, get have a perfect credit score or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I don't give a fuck about a dinner with Jay Z. What that nigga gonna tell me? You know what I'm saying? All he gonna do is tell. You know, all we gonna do, <laughs> you know, just you know, do a, a a laugh and some shit like that. He he don't look like a talkative person. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he talk with his own boys, but. I got an 850 credit score and I can stun on the gram. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, eh, okay, no, nah, give me that cold hard cash and just let me do my thing. Uh, but anyways, so um, just moving forward. So say you get this $125. So now you just like, okay, I'm gonna treat myself. I'm going to go ahead and buy me a pair of J's that's on clearance, or I'm gonna go get my nails and my feet done, or you know, I might go get a massage. Um, I might, you know, have haircut money, you know, for the next, you know, couple months, you know, or I might stock up my fridge, you know, I might do something for immediate gratification. But if you think in long term, I got some little side hustles for you. Y'all know I'm the, like the side hustle king. Right now, my side hustle right now is just flipping kicks that I purchased for cheap, you know, at different places. You know what I'm saying? So I'm one of them eBay cats. But, you know, what you can do with your $125 settlement, you can, you know, you can finally purchase that website, you know, for that online business that you've always wanted. You know what I'm saying? You always talking about, oh, man, it's too expensive. You know, it's, you know, $99 to set up this, uh, you know, this website and all this other shit okay just go ahead and set it up most websites ain't like that but they'll build it for you if it's up in that price range and then you know the monthly fee to you know to keep it up and running very cheap 15 to 30 dollars just depending on if you got an online store and hopefully your products is hot and you're advertising on every single you know major social media network and you're doing your thing so you can use that 125 dollars to set up that website or you know, for my sneakerheads out there, my makeup artists, my MUAs, um, or, you know, the ones who want to, you know, sell greasy foot pics, you can use that $125 to buy a webcam or a camcorder, you know, some sort of camcorder. I have a Sony um, HDR uh, CX240 that shoots in a 1080i, or is it 1080p? I think it's 1080i. Um, let me see here. I got the box right here. Give me a second, y'all. Uh, let's see here. 9.2 megapixels for still images, um, HDMI hookup, all this other good shit. It's a handy cam. Um, let's see here. Full HD and 1080. It doesn't say 1080i or 1080p, but um, it, it shoots pretty good. I shoot, shoot a lot of home videos for that, you know, um, a lot of the vacations and stuff like that. Um, it has motion shot video, intelligent auto feature and stuff like that. I actually got this on clearance at uh, Target for um, like 40 bucks. It was like during Father's Day and they just had it sitting back on the clearance rack. And I was like, oh, what's this? I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And it works with MacBooks um, as far as uploading directly uh, to Movie Maker and things of that sort. And it also um, works with Windows programs too, you know, and it has a... Um, SD slot, you know, get your little memory card in there, and you can go ahead and do your thing. So that's one thing you can start up a premium Snapchat with it. You know, I'm not judging anybody, and that premium Snapchat money that's tax free right there. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people was getting the feds was kind of cracking down on premium Snapchats because folks ain't paying taxes on it and shit like that. But still, I mean, shit, you could make some feet videos and squirting some lotion on 
on it or some, you know, some chocolate or some strawberry. You ain't even got to show a nipple, an asshole or some some nuts. You know what I'm saying? All you got to do is show your toes and squirt some on it and some motherfucker pay you, you know, $15 a month and get enough uh, subscribers. Boom, you might even quit your job in three months. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, you bring it in, you know, maybe three, four thousand dollars a month just from, you know, shooting videos of your feet, massaging some stuffed animals. You know, motherfuckers into all kind of weirdo shit. Let's see what else. Um, you could get on my hustle. You could um, go thrifting and, you know, sell the items on eBay for profit. Um, what I do a lot of times is um, I do it with sneakers. So I go around to different spots. I go to like the Rosses, TJ Maxx. Uh, Marshalls um, check the clearance racks but at like finish line and uh, Foot Locker and even the apps you know what I'm saying when they have those crazy like 30% off end of season sales and shit like that I'll buy a pair of kicks or some J's um, you know what I'm saying and then I just put them up on eBay if they don't sell there I put them on a the Facebook marketplace boom and they selling just like that like I'll buy a pair of kicks from Marshalls for 40 bucks 40 50 bucks and i sell them on uh, ebay for a hundred dollars or i sell them on facebook marketplace you know for 70 to 80 dollars so that's 30 40 50 bucks i'm coming up off of you know what i'm saying so i try to go a little higher on ebay just because of the seller fees and the shipping but most of the times i'll charge the uh buyer with the um, the shipping cost um so that's something you can do you can definitely do it with thrifting you know buy some vintage t-shirts um toys is a huge seller you know you can you know share you can use part of that as gas money that 25 dollars fill up your tank and hit every thrift store in your town and just clean up with that hundred bucks and then you know sell that shit on ebay and then you know i would just spend at least i don't know maybe 70 80 dollars of that you know and then because you got a factory and you got to pay for that shipping to get it out but then you charge the buyer for the shipping and then you know they'll send it to your paypal account but you have to remember keep some of that money back in your paypal account because uh you need to pay ebay at the end of the month for the seller fees all right let's see that let's see what else you can just start a savings account you know just start up a savings account accrue a little bit of interest you know what i'm saying it might uh, push you to um, you know actually start saving some money i know a few of the guys that i work with they have it set up so you know their uh, paycheck is uh, automatically you know a portion is transferred to their savings account you know what i'm saying that's how i have it set up i got about 15 i have 15 percent set up um that goes directly into my savings account into our big savings account that's if something goes wrong with the house one of us lose our job you know something like that you know you gotta have a few thousand dollars in there you know just in case shit hits the fan and um or somebody lose their job you know and you know you can you can dip into that and you know go ahead and you know keep the bills and stay afloat and things like that for groceries and try to you know supplement the, the the missing income and then we also have a fund savings account you know that we you know just have for like you know clothes or vacations and shit like that so you should always have they should have a you know a fund savings account and then that serious one you know that serious one that's when shit hits the fan but you know if you have some kids you might have to have another one for a college savings account you know and things of that sort so you know use that 120 25 dollars to throw in a savings account it'll probably motivate you to put more money in there because you're only going to earn a few pennies on that 125 dollars uh, how most of the rates are going with the interest um you can also you know pay towards a credit card balance you know to boost up your credit scores you know what i'm saying you want to keep your 
credit card utilization under 30%. You know what I'm saying? You could even get it lower than that and your credit score goes up. You know, your credit score goes up and most likely your credit card issuer will uh, up your balance. So you'll have one of those emergency credit cards, which I have myself, you know, just a credit card just in case, you know, something crazy happens. You know, if it's a crazy expense, like four, five thousand dollars and I don't want to, you know, drain out that main uh, savings account, you know what I'm saying, or hurt that one, and you know, just boom, I just put it on that, and I just gradually pay it off, you know what I'm saying. So you should always have a emergency credit card, you know what I'm saying. Um, you could also loan it out, loan out that hundred twenty-five dollars to somebody and charge them interest. You know, hey, I'm gonna give you this hundred twenty-five dollars. I need you to pay me back ten percent. You know what is that? Twelve and a half dollars you gonna make off of that? I mean, it's a slow hustle, but hey, you made a little bit of money off of that one. Um, you know, can you bake? You know what I'm saying? Can you make some cupcakes? Can you make some cookies? Some shit like that? You know, invest in some flour, some sugar, you know, some frosting, all chocolate chips, you know, make some cute little containers. You can slang them cupcakes, them cookies, them pies or whatever at church. You know what I'm saying? You can slang them cookies, you know, three, four dollar, the cupcakes, uh, two dollars a pop, you know, uh, mini cakes or something like that. Dress them up cute. You know, sell some mini cakes, just get you some cheap ass, you know, I love a cheap cake. I, tell, I got one baking in the oven right now. I love me a cheap ass Duncan Hines or a Pillsbury cake, them little $2 cakes. I love them. But shit, you can make some mini cakes, use that, make some mini cakes, sell them little mini cakes for $3 a pop. And shit, you out here balling, you know, sell them at a church function, um, sell them outside the church. Um, you know what, uh, holla at Habib at the corner store, see if you can set up shop there, you know, he'd probably be a hater, but your best bet is also uh, going on Facebook Marketplace, and hopefully you ain't got no hating ass friends, and just say, hey, I started baking, and I got this for sale, you know, you can wrap them cookies up in some cheap ass cellophane wrappings, and with some ribbons, they sell them at the Dollar Tree, and boom, you out here getting it, you know what I'm saying, turn that $125 into $300 on the whole weekend, you know what I'm saying, and if you got some stoner friends, make sure you hit them up, because when they hit that smoke session, they gonna want something sweet, you know what I'm saying, so that's something right there, a quick flip. Another hustle you could do, you could buy a bucket, get some trash bags, get a poker or a reaching tool, you know, them, them reaching tools that's about, about two feet long, two, three feet long, and they got the little hands at the end and a trigger, and you can, um, you know what I'm saying, you can uh, and buy a highlighter vest also, and you can go to small businesses like little strip malls and shit like that and pick up trash in the parking lot and charge them a daily or a weekly rate. You know, there's a kid I went to high school with, Richie, he does that. Um, he does that at the strip malls around the city. And I see him and he's always, and he always remembers me. He always says my first and last name. I'm like, what's going on, Richie? He's like, Adrian, you know, and he says my last name. And I'm like, man, how you been? He's like, good, man. He going about his business. He a little slow, but he be doing his thing though. You know what I'm saying? So I think his brother would be dropping him off at different spots, but you know, that's a hustle right there. And then there's a white girl. She does it at another strip mall too. She does the same thing. Just have one of them Lowe's buckets, which is $11, $12, a little reaching stick and a vest on just picking up trash. You know what I'm saying? Picking up trash out the parking lot. You throw that pride to the side and you know what I'm saying? Let your paper stack high. That's how it goes. Let's see what else. You also, um, you know, you could uh, buy a $99 uh, lawnmower from Walmart and you start cutting grass at $30 a yard. You know, you do five yards, you already came up $25 right then and there. You know what I'm saying? 
what is it, about $111, $112 after tax. Get you, uh, you know, get you some gas, you know, throw that cheap gas in there because it's a cheap little lawnmower. You know what I'm saying? Make sure some oil already in there. Boom, you going around cutting grass. You good to go. Just go around your neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Get that little kid hustle on. I don't give a fuck if you, you know, 25 or 45. Go ahead and get that money. Ain't nothing wrong with it. There's so many people. When I be out cutting my yard, so many people stop me. Be like, man, you need some help? Because my, my house is sitting on an acre. So they like, yo, you need some help cutting this? And I'm literally sitting on a riding mower. I'm like, nah, bro, I got it. Man, if you need some help, you know, here's my card and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, that's all it takes. Ain't no shame in the game, but you know, I already got it uh, laced up over here. So you do that. The cheap little lawnmower from Walmart. And you also, you actually could get it cheaper if you want to wait on the hustle. You know, once it starts turning about October, November, and they trying to phase all that shit out and get the Halloween shit up or the Christmas shit up. So you might get check, catch that bitch for about $70. Um, I didn't mean to say bitch, but you know what I'm talking about. Catch that lawnmower for $70 instead of $100. So you out there hustling and getting it. Let's see another hustle. Buy a mop, buy a mop, a broom, a bucket, some cleaning supplies, and you can start cleaning homes and small businesses. I know a few folks, you know, that grind like that and make a decent living. One of my exes, um, her grandpa, is uh gets down like that um i think they down there in missouri um and they they don't even like he quit his job like he did it for a few months um this is when he first started off he got so many contracts with businesses that you know he got a whole fleet of people and only thing only his overhead is just you know buying cleaning supplies and like vacuum cleaners and shit like that so all you got to do is just start off with that bucket that mop and that broom and use the vacuum cleaner in your own damn home and go around here you know advertise on facebook you know what i'm saying let you know hey i clean rooms you know i remember when we first bought the house and uh we was just overwhelmed with how dirty this house was when we bought it and it was so big and we was just like yo we gotta do one room at a time like the wife she was just like because the guy we bought it from it wasn't dirty it was just dusty and he left so much shit that he thought that we wanted because the guy we bought it from he worked for the railroad and so he was always on the road you know he was always gone months at a time so the house is just dusty you know how you come back you know uh, when you've been on vacation like a super long vacation is just kind of stale in the house and stuff like that so the wife she was going to hire people to clean the houses and you know some of these people charge you know 60 to 70 dollars a room and that's a room you know what I'm saying? So people be cashing out like that. So she was looking into that. But then finally, we just hunkered down. Like I took a few days off and we just did a room at a time. Just boom, do this bathroom, do this, uh, do the living room, do the sun room, do the dining room. You know, we just hunkered down and just kind of did it a room at a time. You know what I'm saying? Instead of spending that money. But folks be cashing out, you know having their own little cleaning business i mean you got to think big think like a uh, old boy in atl you know they uncle you know what i'm saying had that little cleaning service and shit like that you know you can you can really rake in some money if you put in some elbow grease and some 409 and some pine saw you'd be all right um let's see what else you could do oh hell you can even uh you know you could even get on that uh carpet cleaning business you know what i'm saying uh you can go on amazon right now they have a huge sale on some of them bissell animal uh carpet cleaners uh, they're around 100 bucks normally around two to three hundred dollars you know and you could charge folks you know forty dollars a room to shampoo their carpets you know what i'm saying there i mean you can do all kind of shit but you have to work 
the plan ain't gonna work unless you work so i don't want you going on amazon buying that bissell animal carpet cleaner and then you just sitting up bullshit and you just put one post on facebook you know monday at three o'clock in the morning talking about you looking to clean some rooms and shit like that then you send me an angry email talking about man i thought that hustle was supposed to work you know what i'm saying you gotta work you gotta put that work in you know what i'm saying you gotta make it pop off all right you gotta make it do what it do but all them hustles will work if you work all right so that's been holding this l it was kind of motivational though i like that i, I know y'all like that too but let's go ahead and move on to not all heroes wear capes give me just a second you win perfect all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes i'm gonna make this short and sweet uh we have to give it to the uh, the young lady bowfield barry she's actually working on a play right now called red summer and this is going to be at the blue barn theater locally here about the omaha race riots because uh, we're on the uh, centennial of it of 1919 you know that red summer um so and this is this uh I'll just read the description of Red Summer. Uh, it says, in commemoration of the centenary uh, of the Omaha race riots of 1919, Blue Barn presents the world premiere of Bowfield Berry's evocative account of our city's past centered on the story of William Brown. Accused of a crime he couldn't physically uh, have committed, the infamous torture and lynching of this 40-year-old factory worker is a stain on America's heartland. Red Summer presents an unflinching depiction of a city on the brink of chaos and a compelling portrait of the black migrant experience, each grounded by a deeply affecting vision of Will's life and relationships before he became a tragic headline. So I just have to give it to the sister for actually bringing the story to the uh, forefront and um, you know because not too many people know of the story here. Um, there is a North Omaha blog site and podcast uh they actually uh did an in-depth either episode or um blog about it uh about the uh, uh the death of will brown and this was a young man that was accused of uh what was it assault sexual assault or rape of a white woman and uh they you know found him guilty i don't even, i don't even think he went to trial he was being in a holding cell and then all the bigots in omaha just came and uh, you know, tried to get him out. Then the mayor was like, no, no, no. He has to go to trial and all this other shit. And they were about to lynch his ass, too. They were about to lynch the mayor. And then that's when he was like, no, nah, you ain't going to kill me. And then he just kind of gave the green light to, you know, give the, uh, the brother Will Brown to the mob. And they lynched and burned him. So we'll see how this play um, plays out. I'll definitely be going to see it. Um, you know, hopefully she does it some justice, does the story some justice. Um, I haven't seen any of her other works, um, but I think I will probably try to reach out to her um, and see if I can set something up where I can sit down and talk with her about the play um, after I watch it. You know what I'm saying? So I'll probably hit her up on her website and see if I can do an interview uh, with her. So um, coming into up in this fall winter season, I'll probably be doing more uh, interviews. You guys like when people ride shotgun with me on this. I've been holding it down solo dolo just because it's a lot easier and I don't like to depend on folks. You know, I'm just one of them type of people. But, you know, I'm going to definitely reach out to this sister and see if we can get her on do-rags and boat shoes. So uh, not all heroes wear capes. Uh, some of them are playwrights and authors uh, who are bringing attention 
to you know the Omaha race rides. Not all heroes wear capes. Shout out to uh, Bofield Berry. All right, so moving on to the last segment of the show, health over wealth. You know what I say, without your health, you cannot enjoy your wealth. So this quote comes from the late, great Mipsy Hustle. Um, and this is, I just want to empower you guys and put a battery in your back to, you know, just really, you know, chase your dreams and actually make your dreams become a reality by writing them down, jotting them down and just, you know, being your own boss, even if that's not it. Maybe it could be something as simple as, you know, you know, buying a new car, you know, getting your credit right or buying a house or, you know, just uh, taking that vacation you always wanted to take. You know, you feel like you grinding, you working too much, you know what I'm saying? And you just feel like that hamster on the wheel or you feel like you in that rat race. Um, I just hope that, you know, this podcast helps you obtain your goals. You know what I'm saying? Especially this segment. But the quote from Nip goes like this. You got to go hard. You got to believe in yourself. You got to have a sense of humor to know that the bullshit is going to happen. You can't be too serious about it or too emotional and fake when bullshit happens. You got to just stick to the script. Believe and have an overwhelming confidence. Be your own biggest fan, your own biggest believer, and put it on your back and carry the weight. And that is the 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 main thing you have to have is just confidence in yourself and just be your own biggest fan. You really do. You really do. I remember starting out on this uh this damn podcast. Um and I would just listen through and you know I would see what I was slacking in. And, you know, there would be so many times where I'm supposed to be taking notes on how to improve my performance on this podcast that I'm end up. I'm like, oh, this nigga kicking game. This nigga speaking the truth. OK, yeah, I like that. Right. Right. You know, I'm in the car just lit, forgetting that I'm listening to myself because I'm such a big fan of myself. You know what I'm saying? It ain't nothing cocky or no bullshit like that. But sometimes you have to be your own biggest fan to keep pushing and keep making it through. Um, that's what it's all about you know what i'm saying so whatever y'all doing you trying to launch a clothing line you know you trying to make movies um, you trying to you know build a school you trying to do whatever you trying to do you have to be your own biggest fan you know what i'm saying and i always say this you know your friends and family won't support you until strangers do you know what I'm saying? I get emails from people and texts, you know, when the show is late from people I don't even know. I'm like, who the fuck emails the rest of this? And just like, yo, what's up with the show? You know what I'm saying? Just shit like that. And I got people related to me don't even know that I do a podcast. You know what I'm saying? And uh, there's people that I've known for years, you know, they'll stumble across the the do rags and boat shoes facebook page which y'all should be following you know they'll stumble across that and be like man that nigga sound like you i'm like nigga that is me you know what i'm saying they're like oh i didn't even know i'm like yeah you did because i sent you the the link to like the page and you didn't like it you know what i'm saying so and you can't get mad at that type of shit you know that's just how some people are you know what i'm saying it is what it is but you have to just keep grinding stay with it you know what i'm saying it's a it's a it's a it's a heavy load to carry but it's worth it it's always worth it in the end you know you always have to be your own boss uh no matter you know if it's in the nine to five realm um you know making that money or just being your own boss in life and not taking no shit from anybody you know what i'm saying so it is your life remember that always remember that and stop living on other people's terms this has been episode 160 i believe of do rags and boat shoes if it's 161 i'm sorry i i'm you know i've been gone 
for a damn week and some change um but nothing but love and respect to y'all and like i said i'm gonna keep these in i'm gonna start having these interviews come in the fall and the winter so y'all can uh hear some more playful banter you know what i'm saying and have some more light-hearted shows and things of that sort and hopefully we can get some some real movers and shakers on the podcast to inspire you even more and you know help you even just if this podcast even help you get through a shift at your miserable ass job you know i've I've done my job so nothing but love and respect to all my listeners out there you know um i love y'all and as always y'all be easy and make sure y'all share these episodes with your friends your peoples and uh have them share with 10 more people all right so i'll catch y'all a little bit later all right one You look dusty. You look dusty. You look you look dusty.